Hi everyone, and welcome to the One Mind Meditation Podcast, brought to you by AboutMeditation.com. My name is Morgan Dix, and this is a podcast about meditation, mindfulness, and your health. Today, I'm delighted to share with you my interview with meditation teacher Julie Hunt. Now, this interview I recorded back in late March, early April. It was right at the onset of the pandemic, and it was part of our show, Finding Equanimity Amid Uncertainty. So Julie leads us through a really beautiful guided meditation. I think you're going to love it. It's as pertinent, if not more so, to our moment now in the heightened stress that we're all experiencing as it was back at the early onset of the pandemic. And a few quick things to note. The show in the background, there are some wind chimes during my dialogue with Julie. So that's just something to take note of. When the guided meditation starts, that all goes quiet. And it's just Julie's voice. So don't worry about that. And if you want a version of this podcast audio with just the guided meditation and not the Q&A or the discussion beforehand with Julie and I, you can find that over at the show notes and just head over to aboutmeditation.com and go to the podcast section and you'll be able to find that. It's the most recent episode, episode 102. And yeah, that's it. Julie is a contributor to aboutmeditation.com. She's the founder of Bija Living and you can check out her website over at bijaliving.com and I hope you enjoy this interview and beautiful guided meditation with Julie Hunt. Welcome everyone to Finding Equanimity Amid Uncertainty. And today I am delighted to be joined by Chopra certified meditation teacher, Julie Hunt. Welcome, Julie. Thank you. Very, very happy to have you on board here. And everyone... Julie is the founder of bijaliving.com, which you can she'll speak to a little bit at the end of the program today. And that's a site dedicated to meditation. And, and she's also a contributor at aboutmeditation.com. And so, all right, so the whole context for this series is the fact that we're all homebound right now and we're responding to this global crisis. And, and in moments like this one, when we are all living in the midst of a global pandemic, I thought it would be good to speak with someone who can help us to focus on the part of us that is untouched by all this chaos and disruption, the part of us that never moves, that never wavers, and the part of us that lives really at the core, at the center of each and every one of us. And um, that's really why I wanted you to have a chance to spend some time with Julie today, because as a meditation teacher, this is what she does. This is what you do every day. And so we're going to chat really today. We're going to chat about meditation. We're going to talk about why this is such an optimal time to focus on meditation. And then Julie's going to lead us through a guided meditation and, uh, and then we'll have some time for Q and a. And how does that sound to you, Julie? 
Perfect. All right, cool. Let me just start with a simple question. Can you speak to why, why this is such a, a good and optimal time to focus on meditation? Yeah. So can I speak to where how your introduction, that part yeah. of unchanging? P- please. Every cell came alive in my body. And I think from an intellectual standpoint, we think about the fact that we're the activity and we're the mind. I'm the physical body that I carry around. But I know that I'm much more. And I think I knew intellectually at one point, we know mind and body is connected and we know soul, but I think meditation really, really reconnects you to the essence of being. I'm not Mm. doing, I'm not feeling, I'm not thinking, I am being. And we move, but we move through all those layers, right? And even when you just said that, it came to life. And I think if you had asked me, or if you'd said that same thing 15 years ago when I wasn't meditating, I don't think I'd have that same like party in my being. Yeah. (laughs) Cells are starting to come alive, you know? So I think it's... I think that all of the meditation, and so to to give you just a little bit of history, I've been really immersed in the Vedic teachings and yoga for more than 25 years, but I was kind of the person who was doing yoga and uh, teaching Ayurveda, teaching yoga, but didn't couldn't meditate. I just thought I couldn't still my mind. So when I learned to meditate, uh, and I, I learned with a, mo- a really simple mantra-based meditation was really easy. Mm. It really changed my whole life. And so now, if you look at my life eight to 10 years later with this practice, I think that this practice has enabled me to be so solid and grounded in my center that I'm truly unshakable. I can see and observe everything, but I don't get swept down the path of fear and uncertainty and anxiety because certainly it's all there. And I think I'm just as concerned as the next person. I just don't get shaken by it where 10 years ago, I never could have ever done that. So I think um, there's a couple things I'm talking about right now. One is that crisis, you know, meditation. And one is that practice of meditation. And I think, you know, I don't, believe in like a crisis, like one, one time to help you feel better meditation. But right now for sure, that practice is going to release our accumulated stress. That's mm. in the body and a regular meditation practice. And it's going to set us up to be able to face the challenges of life in a much more being way, perhaps that it's not um, shaking us that we are in that grounded light centered space. Mm. So, right. So, let, yeah, let's talk about that a little bit because you and I spoke a little bit earlier and you gave a great example, which we, we ended up calling the margarita moment. <laughs> of, uh, it was. <laughs> yeah. And, and like I shared my margarita moment and it, but it was a, it was where you really shared an, a, a very human and grounded prag, pragmatic example of your response to feeling that contraction. And that's obviously something that globally we're all going through right now as people are looking at financial implications that are dramatic because of the contraction of the economy on so many different levels. People just ending up having to reckon with pretty baseline survival fears, which of course tied to the financial, but the, the whole context of this is, a, is one of... Uh, it's an existential threat. 
to the individual. So we're all kind of in the midst of that and there's a collective momentum. And what we're really talking is about is the opposite of that in a lot of ways or something that transcends that. And um, yeah, so I, I thought the example you shared was so, well, it was, it was perfect. I wondered if we could speak about that and if you'd, you'd share it a little bit. Yeah. So, so it's right when everything started to happen, of course, everything was being touched, but it, but it was far away, right? It still hadn't, you know, we, we yeah. stars and there was like maybe a case or two in the U.S. Um, so as everything was starting to happen, um, I had this moment of financial, like it struck me financially that I lost, uh, you know, more than three quarters of my regular income. I just bought a house in October. I took on a mortgage. I stretched myself out probably much more than I had expected at the time. And uh, I just went into pure contraction. I, you know, I'd made plans and just kind of said, I, I don't know how I'm going to handle this. I just need some time to get through it. And I sort of started, as I mentioned to you, sort of taking huge doses of my own medicine. I really tried to channel what would I say to myself, uh, what would I say to someone else and trying to talk to myself. And so I let myself have that for a couple hours, really. You know, it was, it was right. cool. Um, it, you know, and I, I really felt it because I think that pushing things away are also a form of constriction and contraction. So letting those experiences move through us and then I just decided to go see my dad and have a margarita and got in the car and drove to see him for an hour. And, um, yeah. and it was really just this moment. It was really fun. Mm-hmm. And I had an amazing night, like much more fun than I think I usually, I mean, I visit him every week. It's very important to me for to see my family. I was living at, uh, on the East coast for a long time. Now I'm back on the West coast and my family's here. And it was just really um, nachos and margarita night. <laughs> so I had this, you know, moment of just like letting go and I I came back the next day and said okay let me like revisit this I felt completely different I didn't have that same sense of contraction yeah but the fear and anxiety was still there nothing had changed in my external environment mm-hmm. and as I thought about that I could feel the anxiety but I really I, I really did it the exact exercise I went inside and I said, how am I? And, and close my eyes. Like, am I okay? Like, is there a reason for me to be afraid and nervous? And when I went really deep, mm. I felt so peaceful. And I've done that for the last few weeks is mm. I, I, every time I think to myself, this is, this is crazy. Yeah. At the same time, I will ask and check. And when I really access deep down, there is no fear and no uncertainty. It's all out there. And it's if I can just press the pause button and I can check in. And if there's a real need, I mean, of course, I'm taking action and, and taking all precautions and doing everything um, that I possibly can in no way, shape or form. Um, I taking action that's not taking it seriously. And I think in that, but that's where we get our highest and best information from. Right. Like, Oh, I, maybe there is true fear deep down. Okay, so what is what is that telling me? What needs to change? What needs to happen? What actions do I need to take? So yeah, so I think with the 
everything that's going on in the world, we are absolutely faced with a lot of information coming at us and how we process that information is our choice. Mm -hmm. And also these things are, are not in our, a lot is not in our control right now. And I think that it's very humbling to all of us. And I think we really are having to come to a space that says, I worked really hard to get here and achieve this and accomplish this and to be this. And those are all the labels and that's all of our physical exterior. And yet I am not in control. Right. And how would you say, so you, and, and you kind of just spoke to this, but just to go a little bit further. So it sounds like your meditation practice became a primary reference point in all this and has been something that you're returning to consistently. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. My, my meditation practice is twice daily. I think that's extraordinarily important for anyone uh, who works with me because I meditate half an hour in the morning and a half an hour early evening, because I think that second meditation was very difficult for me to bring into my life. Took me about a year to really get that um, solidified in my life. I think it's very difficult for a lot of people. And it's extraordinarily important, especially now, because we have so much daily stress. Our bodies during this night, when we're sleeping, our bodies are returning to a state of homeostasis. And um, we are reorganizing the body and the healing systems, both from a physical and a psychological level. And it's very powerful. So we're waking up with this fresh state. I actually remember you talking about sometimes you having tea and sitting on the pillow and still even having kind of some of those thoughts, but yet we're in this much more expanded state of healing and recovery in the body. And then we go through eight hours of our day, eight, 10 hours, mm. and we have to do something with that stress because it's right. coming at us all day long. And so in a, you know, in a regular meditation practice, you're not only turning off fight or flight and stimulating the parasympathetic nervous system, shifting into rest and relaxation, but you're actually releasing accumulated stress. Mm. And so you have this, I, you know, I kind of always see it as this back and forth. Yeah. You know, and I use a lot of water examples. So if you think of the ocean as, you know, sort of the activity of the ocean being rough and that's kind of our day. And when you go Mm -hmm. down, you know, deeper into the ocean, you have this stillness and you go into the ocean and you go a hundred feet down into that stillness and you bring that up into your active life and you keep making this journey back and forth. You take this up into your life. And I think that's that beingness that I carry it with me in my life. And I really believe that that twice daily practice is extraordinarily important right now, even if it's just for a couple of minutes of sitting in silence and to really create that habit. And, um, and so of course my practice has remained the same. And we also spoke really briefly about the fact that the practice sitting it's this time has taught me more than ever, that it's not about the time that I'm seated in meditation, that how many thoughts I have, if it was a good meditation or bad meditation, I never judge meditation, but certainly now that I can see how it's helping me show up in my life with ease and grace that I absolutely know that I would not have had 10 years ago. My personality runs a little anxious sometimes. Um, Knowing how it's in my life, that that's why we do this. Hmm. And so I think that's the difference between kind of that emergency meditation and that foundation meditation of a regular part of your life and hopefully twice daily. That's my commercial for twice daily. Yeah. (laughs) 
Well, it reminds me of that, the, and this has gone around social media a lot, but it's like, okay, meditate an hour a day, unless you're really pressed for time, then you meditate two hours a day. And, you know, it's that same idea that this is, you know, grounding in that source that we discover and we access and we just soak in during meditation. It, it just provides, you know, as per the title of this series, equanimity and intelligence, emotional, intellectual, all these different lines of development come into alignment. And at least in my experience, we're more effective or more present, at least for me, I'm my, I'm my better self. I'm my best self. Absolutely. And uh, I feel like I'm bringing a lot more to the table when that's the case. I'll quickly share my uh, margarita moment and, yes. and then maybe we can transition into some of the guided meditation here. But well, there's, there's two things like one, before I go into that one thing for me, which has been very valuable during this whole time because so I've, as you saw earlier, I have a four-year-old and she's bonkers. You know, she's just all over the house all the time, you know, and there's, you know, there's not, if I was a kid, uh, you know, it's a, it's a challenging time for kids. Right. And um, there's only so much when I'm working that mom can do, etc. you know, we're, we're trading off, but it's so, Simple point, it's hard to find time to meditate quietly. And so what, I, what I've been doing is focusing on moving meditation. So I'll go, I'll, usually I'll go on a run and I'll go to the park and I've kind of re-engaged my Tai Chi practice. And my goodness, it's so beautiful. And, and you know, it's been a long time since I've really practiced moving meditation. And there's this, there's this, this intelligence in the body that gets awakened and activated. And then similar to seated meditation, there's that permeability to just the current of life where you just, you become transparent to your environment, transparent to sound, transparent to movement. And it's like, sometimes I'm sitting there and I literally feel like I'm in a Disney movie and their sparkles like coming out of my fingertips as I'm spreading my hands, you know, it's, and it's just this, it's so slow, but it's fundamentally, you're just communing with life in this exquisite way that I, I more identify with seated practice. Um, so that's been a beautiful bridge for me. That's really been my still point in practice, at least since we're, we've been holed up in this Airbnb and that, so yeah, so that's for me really, that's, that's been my, my practice through this. And I wanted to share it because as you were talking about your practice, I was just like, oh yeah, it's bringing me right into that space. And when you talk about your love of practice, obviously it ignites anyone in the area, you know, it just, we, it, that's the beauty of meditation. It just, it is, what do you call it? The transmission is contagious. You feel that heart energy, you feel that stillness just begin to move between us. And, you know, that, that is something we're spreading obviously in this time. So my margarita moment was, uh, oh, it was about two and a half weeks now. And I was looking, I made the mistake of looking at like my financials in the, in, in the stock market had just had like a 12% like 
cliff dive. And then my sister who's a physician was sending like just graph after graph up via text. And all of this was happening at once. And it was just like, suddenly I was like, oh my gosh, you know, and, and as I said to you, I could feel my nervous system just start to spin up into fight or flight. I just felt the walls coming in and the, the voice in, in my head saying, this is real. You know, you gotta, you gotta react to this right now, do something, you know? And it was, you know, there was a kind of panic quality to that evolutionary fight or flight response for me during that moment. I had to just talk myself down and, you know, relax and deep breathing was the thing that I, I, you know, I find that so powerful and that kind of flipped things very quickly, but it was a focused conscious response in the moment. And obviously just that's just sitting in the context of all my practice but it was, you know, like you said, it was a choice. You know, you have a choice in those moments to pretend it's not happening, to push it down, or to give in to fear, or you can, or you can create space for it and use the tools that you've developed. And and I think that's so important. And obviously, again, why I wanted you on here today to speak with people because I just think really there's nothing more important than people learning to take care of themselves right now in. And if we can provide tools for that, any tools for that, or, or just being together in that, that's really what I feel right now is, is very important. Yeah. I loved your word communing. I mean, I can feel that. And I think that's what we're doing. We're communing with uh, where everything is changing, communing with one another. We need one another, this contact we have here over distance that we get to have now through the beautiful use of technology mm. and the communing with ourselves, right? The truth. That's again, absolutely we started that beingness, you know, communing with our beingness. And, and I think, you know, the only, I, I will teach the only rule in meditation is to notice and come back to your anchor. And so that's when life becomes a meditation, right? Because it's always the noticing. And mm. so, that's why the meditation doesn't really matter. So, I mean, the, the actual experience in it, the time. Yeah. Matters. Well, yeah. you make a mistake of not meditating, I guess. But um, once you're in meditation, it's noticing and coming back. And then that translates right out into life. And I think that's every single thing we kind of talked about in that recovery, right? So you, you go into fight or flight, um, but how quickly are you going to recover? And it's by the noticing, okay, the tiger isn't going, it, I, I'm not getting eaten by the tiger. Right. You know, if the tiger is taking an arm, then, you know, I, I'm, I have a reason to, you yeah. know, there's something different, but right now, and as it turns out, as I go fast forward for me, my margarita moment, you know, everything has really worked in a really beautiful way financially for me. Mm. And the, what's happened, I could never have imagined. Mm. And of course, staying steady in that and not panicking has led me to really beautiful um, opportunities that I would not have had. And so had I gone down that path while it was real, it wasn't real. And right. so real is going to happen next and that is going to end and something else is going to begin. And so that's the other, the impermanence of everything, right? So it's a noticing and observing and knowing that this all is going to have a beginning and an end, except for that true self. Our being. Mm. Awesome. I think, I think that's a nice place for us to begin the transition. What do you think? Yeah, do a little meditation. Yeah. All right.
So uh, I'd love to uh, guide us in a meditation, really maybe to connect us to that being, connect us to the heart center place. So, you know, if you haven't already, find a really comfortable position. And just maybe noticing what's going on in the body. Just noticing if there's any tension. How you're feeling. So not trying to change anything, just an awareness. If there's anything looping in the mind or any thoughts, make a conscious action to set those aside for just a moment. You might even imagine that there's a shelf next to you. You can just put it on the shelf for a moment. You can come back to it if you want to after. But for now, set everything aside. There's nowhere else you need to be. Beginning to feel the body relax. Noticing the shoulders dropping away from the ears. The hips relaxing into the place that you're sitting. The legs and the feet. Feeling the facial muscles completely relax and let go. There is nothing you need to do in this moment. Beginning to shift out of the doing and into this beautiful space of being. Becoming aware of the breath, the natural inhale and exhale of the breath. Let it flow effortlessly and naturally without forcing it or controlling it. Just noticing it with this lovely curiosity. Noticing the depth, the resonance. Perhaps feeling it in your nose, the temperature. Easily bringing your awareness to your heart center, the center of your chest and noticing the breath from this place. With your awareness resting here, you might begin to notice a beautiful light of awareness emanating from your heart center. And you might imagine that with that inhale, that light of awareness brightens. And perhaps on the exhale, it expands, moving through the heart and the chest. 
illuminating, becoming a little brighter and more expansive with every breath. You have a physical body and you also may imagine that you have a higher self. And this light of awareness that your awareness is resting in now is within your physical body. You might imagine your awareness drifting up from your heart center to the top of your head. Perhaps at the top of your head, there may be a tube of light. And this tube of light is connecting the physical self with the higher self. Imagine that your awareness drifts up through this tube of light, connecting to this pure source of awareness, pure light and pure love. You notice the pure vibration of this awareness. How infinitely expansive. Allow yourself to completely merge with this source of pure awareness and pure love and pure light. Begin to see your physical body merging into the oneness of your higher self. where there is no separation. There is only oneness. And in the space of pure awareness and pure light, imagine that you can travel effortlessly back down this tube of light all the way down to the top of your head and reconnecting with your physical self. And this pure awareness, this light fills your entire brain and mind as you reach the physical body. And seeing it move into your eyes, your ears, your mouth. filling every space in your mind. Moving down the throat, illuminating the entire chest and heart, down through the arms into the fingertips, 
Feeling the torso, the hips, the legs, the feet, every organ, every cell of your body is filled with this pure light and pure love of your higher self. You may notice with the inhale that this light and love expands and brightens. And you may notice on the next exhale that this light and love is not just confined to the physical body, but it moves beyond the physical body, past the layers, into the subtle body, the energetic body. You might imagine the next inhale, this light and love becoming brighter and the exhale expanding. Another foot out from the body, two feet. Perhaps three to six feet. Breathing in more light and more love on the inhale. Doubling in love. And on the exhale, expanding. Filling the entire room. Continue to rest for just a moment, soaking in the pure source of awareness, this pure light and love that is you. Rest in this light bubble of love and pure awareness.
as you rest in this light and love. You may have noticed that your awareness drifts away from the present moment, from this beautiful space of expansion and awareness. And I invite you to continue to rest in this light and love for just a moment longer. And notice if your attention drifts away for any reason, perhaps to a thought, perhaps a sensation in the body or maybe an external sound in the environment. I invite you to just take a moment and notice that thought or experience that has taken you away from being in this light and love, from being merged in this space of pure awareness. On your next inhale, bring in more light and love. See that light of awareness brightening in you. On the exhale, expanding. And again, resting in this space. And if you notice anything outside of this perfect, pure space of awareness, simply notice it. Perhaps with love and curiosity, without analyzing it or judging it. And then make a choice to come right back to the space of pure love and pure light, the source of awareness of who you truly are resting here now. Continue to rest in this light and love for just a moment longer. I'll let you know and I'll guide you out in just a moment. Taking in a deeper inhale. And a longer exhale. Perhaps bring your awareness back to the center of your chest, your heart center, noticing again the source of this light of awareness. Know that this light is always burning within you. 
It is always there, no matter what is happening around you, what the circumstances, the situation, the facts, the places, the people, the times, that light of awareness is within you. And you can return to this space of pure light and love anytime you desire. All you have to do is reconnect here. Perhaps set an intention for yourself. It allows you to remember this connection to your true self that is pure awareness, pure light, and pure love. Knowing that things may no longer be the same because you have a new access point to your higher self. As you begin to deepen the breath, perhaps wiggling the fingers and the toes, maybe doing a scan of the body, noticing if there are any changes in the physical body and the emotions or in the mind. Offering a moment of gratitude for yourself for taking the time to reconnect to the source of who you are. It's so easy to get wrapped up in the world and this is your beingness. This is your true essence. Breathe into that as you begin to slowly and easily opening your eyes and your awareness back into the room perhaps seeing the space differently through eyes of light and awareness Thank you for letting me guide you. I think we can really come back here. You know, so holding this with us for as long as possible. You know, every time I meditate, I really try to make sure I connect and I take that out. And I think every time I can take it out a second longer and a second longer. Mm -hmm. Hopefully you and everyone will be able to take this out into their day and come back here. That was wonderful. Thank you, Julie. Thank you. Thank you for this collective. You know, we, again, you mentioned this communing and when we meditate together, we absolutely change ourselves, our community and the world. I mean, this is one of the highest and best things we can do really to shift everything that's happening to bring us to a space of greater peace and kindness, um, compassion and love, equanimity in uncertainty. Julie, so as we start to wrap up, can you share with people a little bit about 
if someone wanted to follow up with you and learn a little bit more about what you're doing? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So I am in the middle of also really sharing um, meditations on a daily basis with people. So the best way to reconnect to some of these um, practices uh, is to come back here, right? And re revisit this meditation because it's being recorded. So you can come back here and I have meditations daily uh, that I'm putting out on YouTube. So you can go to YouTube, bijaliving.com. You can also go to bijaliving, B-I-J-A living.com. And it will say meditation collective. If you put your email address in there, I'll send you daily meditations and there's videos. Um, you'll come right back here and we'll sit together and we'll meditate uh, really and just uh, expanding that. And if I can be of course of service in any way possible, please let me know. But there's lots of different meditations, lots of different styles. So we can kind of find our groove if this is new to us, but we really do want to make this a regular part of our self-care practice. So um, I think that's the beauty of about meditation is there's um, so many offerings in different styles. And I'm hoping to do the same thing just to really uh, really, these th these 30, it's a 31 day collective, and they're really focused on helping us de-stress, be in the moment, and live a life with less fear and certainty, and really taking care of ourselves so we can stay healthy and grounded, and come out the other side of this um, really changed and you know open, aware, and healthy, and have our families hopefully more connected and safe. So, um, and then uh, you can find me on Instagram and. Facebook and all that. Everything's Bija living. So Julie Hunt. Yeah. And that Bija is B I J A living.com. Right. Gotcha. And everyone I will, well, it is already linked up in the, uh, the show notes for this page over on about meditation.com. But tonight's as Judy, as Julie said, the, uh, I will make a YouTube video of this afterwards and post that on the site so you'll have access to this tomorrow as well and then you know through that page you can find julie very easily and, and sign up for her meditation collective which i really encourage you to do if you were moved by this please please do that and um great so i think that's it for tonight and thank you everyone julie i can't thank you enough really beautiful to spend this time with you Thank you for having me. All right. Lots of love, everybody. Take care. Blessings. Bye. So I hope you enjoyed my interview with Julie Hunt, and I hope you got a lot out of that guided meditation. If you enjoyed the show, I encourage you to please leave us a rating and a review over on iTunes. That is a huge help for the show. It has an outsized influence on the number of people who get exposed to our show. So please leave us a rating and a review if you enjoyed the show. Head over to Julie's site, Bija Living, and check out her guided meditations. And of course, head over to aboutmeditation.com, who sponsors this show, and learn about our free courses, our paid courses, and you can just check out more podcasts. So thank you. Thank you so much. I hope you're all doing well. It is a really hard time. And you're doing great. You're doing as well as you can do. We all are. So take heart. 
we're going to get through this. And I wanted to read this quote from one of my heroes, the great beat poet and Zen practitioner, Gary Snyder. And he says, All of us are apprenticed to the same teacher that the religious institutions originally worked with. Reality. Reality Insight says, Master the 24 hours. Do it well without self-pity. It is as hard to get the children herded into the carpool and down the road to the bus as it is to chant sutras in the Buddha hall on a cold morning. One move is not better than the other. Each can be quite boring, and they both have the virtuous quality of repetition. Repetition and ritual, and their good results come in many forms. Changing the filter, wiping noses, going to meetings, picking up around the house, washing dishes, checking the dipstick. Don't let yourself think these are distracting you from your more serious pursuits. Such a round of chores is not a set of difficulties we hope to escape from so that we may do our quote-unquote practice, which will put us on a quote-unquote path. It is our path.